the reward of the day is performing. The reward is getting to tell these stories for a remarkable audience that craves amazing literature and performance as part of their cultural experience. You know, these neighbors are uniting uh, within all these communities to experience what we hope is aesthetically pleasing, professional. Hello and welcome to the State of Shakespeare. I'm Jim Elliott. And I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And today on the program we have Kevin Aslin. Kevin Aslin is currently the Executive Artistic Director of Montana Shakes, where he provides both financial and artistic oversight of all programming. With the Montana Shakespeare in the Parks, he has directed productions including As You Like It, The Taming of the Shrew, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, The Merchant of Venice, and A Midsummer Night's Dream, among others. He has worked at regional theaters all over the country, including the Notre Dame Shakespeare Festival, the Chicago Shakespeare Theater, the Goodman Theater, Steppenwolf, Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park, and interestingly, Kevin Aslin is a fight director and has staged fights in over 40 different theaters. Welcome to the program, Kevin. Thank you so much, Jim and Garrett. I'm honored to be included. Thanks for joining us. You know, we're excited to talk to you. You first came on our radar last year when we were interviewing the folks from the Shakespeare on the Road. The Pauls. The Pauls! Yeah, the Pauls. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Paul. Yeah, they're great guys, really wonderful, and spent a good amount of time out here with our program last August, not this past, but the previous, and just became great friends with them. They rhapsodized about Montana Shakespeare in the Parks. Oh, excellent. That's great to hear. And we're so happy to have you on the program to find out more about Montana Shakespeare in the Parks. Can you tell us a little bit about, well, what is it? What's happening up there? Where are you? So we are a company that is based out of Bozeman, Montana, about 100 miles north of Yellowstone National Park. We are entering our 44th season. We are essentially a touring professional theater of Shakespeare and other classics. We travel in the summer. We take two fully produced shows out across 62 communities across five states. And that basically entails we have 10 actors who are fully self-contained and they take these productions out on the road to engage towns that range from populations of 17 people up to 500,000 people, depending on where we go. So we've been doing that since 1973. And then beyond that, we have a pretty comprehensive education program as well. So currently we have the Merchant of Venice out on our Shakespeare in the Schools program, which is engaging about 50 high schools across three states, eight actors, semi-fully produced. We just don't have lights, of course. Alongside that production, we have a pretty significant curriculum that is designed to reach the different curriculum standards of Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. And so that's a really exciting program. It's 24 years we've been doing that. And then we have a program called Montana Shakes, which is an elementary school specific, K through five. And it's about a 40-minute show that we write in-house that introduces Shakespeare characters, themes, stories for a younger audience. And then also along with that, there is also a curriculum that's attached to go into schools to help introduce Shakespeare's language and the dramatic world of Shakespeare into their classroom. So we're super proud of that program. We go to about 60 elementary schools across four states with three actors on that program. We've been doing it for about eight years now. We're nonstop, man. We don't seem to ever stop here. So it sounds like you're the you're the Shakespearean gypsies of the Mountain West. I love that. I'll take that. 
<laughs> and when you roll into town, it's like the circus coming into town. Well, you know, it's amazing. There's a really rich history of Shakespeare in the West, dating back to this. There's a mountain range here called the Bridger Mountains, named after a gentleman by the name of Jim Bridger, who uh, back in the 1840s or 50s, I believe, toured around the Northwest region. And he was a huge lover of Shakespeare. And it's a great story. He couldn't read. And so he hired a little boy to travel with him to read the complete works to him. And there's a great story of the kid reading Richard III. And when the kid got to the point about Richard killing the princes, Bridger got pissed and he grabbed the book and threw it into the campfire. <laughs> As legend goes, the next day when he came back into town, he had to buy a new complete works. Brilliant. So, you know, I get excited about the relevancy that a lot of our communities can find with Shakespeare. And so luckily enough, I was able to act with the company for many years and got to experience that kind of community interaction and engagement. And it's amazing. It's amazing the excitement that they have about Shakespeare. Well, according to your website, the outreach and education program, first of all, it spans almost the entire school year. Yeah. And secondly, it touches the lives of almost 24,000 students. Yeah, about that. That's the estimate. You know, and I don't know if we can go further than that because, you know, we're going to towns like Helena. We'll play two high schools in Helena. And there'll be close to 1,000, 1,500 students there. But then we're going to towns like Matitsi, Wyoming, which has a population of 235. So we're engaging maybe maybe 100 students there. Those are some, some of my favorite schools to go to because then you're really encompassing a wide range of ages. And it's a great opportunity to really introduce them and get them geeked up. Well, that was going to be my question is how many of the students are seeing Shakespeare for the first time when they see your productions? It's hard to really estimate that because the Shakespeare in the Schools program has been going for 25 years now. We feel like we've touched every grade level. The majority of our students have seen or been exposed to Shakespeare for a good part of their lives, whether it's through the Shakespeare in the Parks program, the schools or the Shakes program. So in Bozeman, there's a huge influx of new population coming here. And so we find that we're we're engaging new students here in Bozeman primarily, or Missoula, which is also a town that's engaging. It's increasing in population. But for the most part, a lot of our population has been exposed to Shakespeare at some level, thanks to Montana Shakespeare in the Parks for many years, for multiple generations. Kevin Aslan, you are coming into the Montana Shakespeare at a very interesting time, taking over for former artistic director Joel Jenke, who was the artistic director there for 36 years. You've got one foot in that past and one foot in the future. What's your vision for the future of the company? I was very fortunate enough to work with Joel as an actor, as a teacher, as a fight director, and a director for 14 years. So he was really a pretty significant mentor for me. And it's really been through his guidance and through his inspiration and through his, his way of visualizing the program that has brought us to where we are today. And quite frankly, the success that he experienced with the company is one in which I don't really want to disrupt. My plan is to take a look at how the company can and continue to sustain itself because we are a free Shakespeare company. So the challenge is always trying to figure out financially how we can sustain ourselves to continue the trajectory that he was on. And then beyond that, trying to find new ways of engaging our traditional communities. We're at a point right now where we can no longer add any more towns to our summer schedule simply because of daylight and because of weather. The Shakespeare in the Schools program can't go any further because we go all the way up to Christmas break currently. And so it's 
the same thing with Montana Shakes. It's interesting because you were talking earlier about how Bozeman has become Bos Angeles, and there's yeah. a great influx of people coming to Montana. So there's your right. new audience. But going to such small towns, like you were saying earlier, you're part of their lives already. Yeah. Offering new things is kind of essential, it sounds like. We are truly their annual cultural event for a lot of communities. I mean, if we're in like Malta, Montana, they can't go anywhere to see live professional theater. And the focus has always been placed upon bringing out the best designers, the best actors, producing the best kind of product possible for those communities that may not be able to experience it anywhere else. So we're looking at new ways of engaging our communities here, local. But then beyond that, you know, stage combat has been a big part of my career. And so I go out and teach combat workshops and language workshops for teachers to kind of give them a stronger vocabulary. Well, I'm interested in your background as a fight choreographer. And just as a side note, if you would talk about the particular challenges you face from both the perspective of a fight director and as an actor who's fighting when you're staging fights for Shakespeare. It's a great question. You know, I was fortunate enough to be the resident fight director at American Players Theater for about five years. You know, every company, I believe, is story-driven and story-focused. I think the challenge with stage combat is that it's so easy for an audience to get engaged in a story. If the choreography is not fitting the director's vision and story conceptually, then it becomes story, 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 stage combat. Story, 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 stage combat. And my goal, primarily because I was an actor, I made sure that I was always engaged in every one of their strategic processes regarding conceptualizing their play, how they want to visualize the story, character development, and then worked really closely with directors to make sure that the story was being told through the combat. Kevin, you've worked extensively in Chicago, among other metropolitan areas, but Chicago, you've worked at the Goodman Theater and Chicago Shakespeare Theater and Steppenwolf. And also you mentioned you worked at APT, some big theaters that draw a huge audience. I have to think that going to Montana may have changed your philosophy about creating Shakespeare. Absolutely. The thing about this company out here is the community, the, the audience is such a huge part of what we do on stage. And so I'm always looking for ways of investigating relevancy in our play choices. We did As You Like It my first summer out here, and I set it in 1917, Butte, Montana. And Butte, Montana has a fascinating history. At one point in time, they anticipated that Butte had the potential of being larger than New York City, primarily because it had one of two copper mines in the world, and the copper was being mined at a time around World War I. Electricity had been invented a couple of decades before, and so copper was a huge commodity, and as a result, there was a ton of money out here. But, as you can imagine, there was also a lot of controversy attached to that area. And so we were able to really investigate themes that can be relevant to our communities. And so in 1917, Butte, Montana, there was a huge mining disaster called the Granite Mountain Disaster. 163 men died. It's one of the most disastrous mining tragedies in history. You know, and I had been exposed to... Uh, Michael Bogdanov had done a production of As You Like It in the late 70s, I think, or the early 80s that introduced the world of As You Like It in a really sort of dark and desolate urban decay. And so I was really turned on by that and found some great relevancies with As You Like It through 1917 Butte. So the goal, trying to really 
engage our audiences in ways that they can simply find a relevancy. And I experienced that quite a bit in Chicago through Chicago Shakespeare Theater. And American Players Theater does an amazing job of engaging their audiences. Their audiences, I find, are very similar to ours, primarily rural demographics, what we like to call reading societies. So they're very engaged in the works of Shakespeare. But as an actor with this company, I think what I brought back to Chicago was this newfound sense of discipline. These actors, 10 of them, they're out on the road. They have three days off the entire summer. And they're not only doing a show, but they're building a huge stage that takes about two hours to construct. They do their two-hour performance. Then they tear down the stage for another two hours. It's incredibly labor-intensive. But the discipline and the rewards of working hard to engage community, be ambassadors of the program, it just brings out a different level of your personality. And that as a result, when you get back to a place like Chicago, rejection doesn't really mean as much. And then the opportunities that you have to actually work within the community are a little bit different because your personality has been enriched by the experience out here. Is it hard to keep them coming back or once they come, are they hooked and like you say for 14 years and do it every summer? We find that a lot of our actors get hooked and keep returning. So there's a strong network of actors who return. Most of our program is non-union, and we try to pay union scale, and they get per diems. And so it's a healthy contract for them. And the experience is really unlike any other in terms of touring. The summer, they drive about 10,000 miles across the High Line. There are no roads like that. No, you just drive for hours and hours. If any of our students here in New York were interested in going out to Montana to do it, how would they get in touch with you? Well, they can submit to me via our website. We hold auditions in Chicago every December. Um, we do a circle. We go to Chicago and then to Minneapolis. But anybody from Florida or from New York or from Texas, they can submit and send a video audition or inquire about where we're going to be throughout the year for auditions. Kevin, could you leave us with a story of something that happened on the road? There's a town that we go to called Bernie, Montana, and Bernie and any given year has a population of 17 people, 16 people. And we've been going to Bernie for 43 years and soon to be 44 next year. And Bernie is on the southeastern part of the state. And we play on this butte called Poker Jim Butte. So you drive into this town. It's all dirt road. You pull up into what's called the center of town, which is really just a few buildings. And the actors check in with our tour coordinator. Every town has a tour coordinator that we partner with. They give us the details of the location. And then we drive to the Butte. And when you drive to the Butte, it takes approximately 30 to 40 minutes through these rolling hills and tight dirt roads and you drive up the switchback alongside this butte and you get up to the top of Poker Jim Butte. There's a huge fire tower up there because the views are magnificent. I mean, you're up on top of this butte and you can see the Beartooth Mountains to the uh, to the southwest. You can basically look behind you and see North Dakota. I mean, the views are amazing. So we'll go up there. We'll build our stage. We run our power off a generator. And in a town of about 17 people, will have approximately 200 to 250 people show up. And, you know, and they're primarily ranchers. They're miners. They are laborers that live within a 200-mile radius. We built the stage. We do the show. They put on a little barbecue for us. 
And then we all camp out on top of the butte that night, wake up in the morning, have breakfast and drive to the next town. So my second summer out here as an actor, we were doing As You Like It. And we're building the stage as we do every day. And I was part of what's called the leveling crew. And so I'm down in the dirt leveling the deck of our stage. And I look up and there's a rancher, there's a full-on cowboy walking towards me, older gentleman. What you would visualize out of a book in terms of what a rancher in Montana looks like. And he's walking up to me with his complete works in hand. And he says, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming up here to do this show. I have to tell you that As You Like It is one of my favorite plays because I really identify with this character. And he starts reading the monologue about finding books and trees. And when all of the characters are in the forest, of Arden about living off the land and the value of finding wealth in nature. And what that meant to him was something that I had never heard of from any audience member. So he finishes reading the monologue and then he says, I hope you all have a great performance and thanks again for being here and I look forward to talking to you after the show. And he walks away. And here I am, a young actor from Chicago and you never have that kind of interaction with an audience member. And somebody that is that in tune and finds as much relevancy in Shakespeare's language as that gentleman did. That's one of my favorite stories and really when our actors experience that kind of interaction, I think that's why they continue to come back out here every year so that they can continue to be part of their families, you know, because of how much they appreciate the work. Oh, that's a great story. Well, you've inspired me. Next time I'm driving along the High Line, I'm going to time it so that I can be in town. Yeah, do that, and man. The Montana Shakespeare in the Parks is rolling <laughs> through. It would be great to have you guys out here. I think you guys would really enjoy it. Absolutely. Kevin Ashland, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare. Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.